Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. I'm afraid you just too darn loud. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. Well, technically the Radio What vehicle. <laughs> I'm riding around and I'm doing this intro and I'm live in a living color. And uh, this is my podcast. It's, radio, it's well, it's what makes you famous. <laughs> I love driving around. But uh, yes, I'm parked on the side of the road. I am not podcasting and driving at the same time because that could be dangerous. What makes you famous is an extension of the, of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, I encourage you to go to DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get your free price quote, and maybe you can have little old me, Keys Dan, at your event. You know it's wedding season. We got weddings <laughs> coming up and behind me. Oh, goodness. Having good, having a good time here in June in Arkansas, Central Arkansas. Shoot, I think I went. It, would that be considered South Arkansas if I went down all the way down to Camden? Hmm, maybe. I was in Hot Springs a couple weeks ago. It's just good times, weddings, 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 and of course karaoke jams. I just did the the rab last night. It's Saturday here in Arkansas. Well, today on the program I have. Um, Oh, Jerry Jarvis of the Alpha One Entertainment. He's a, a DJ in Pottsville, Arkansas, right close to Russellville, Arkansas. And I get, I've seen lots of pictures of him online, and I've gotten to chat with him briefly. And I've chatted with his wife, Crystal, nice lady, and uh, they're good people. So I figured, hey, I've had other types of people on this podcast. Let's uh, let's have a couple DJs uh, get in the chit chat and talk on the What Makes You Famous podcast. And I, I don't know a lot more about him. I know he's got a great setup. Uh, his uh, his equipment looks top-notch. Uh, but uh, let's dig a little deeper into Jerry Jarvis. I'm going to go uh, drive on over to the Jarvis Estate, the Alpha One Studios, and find out more about Jerry Jarvis now. There we go. Uh, there we go. Jerry Jarvis, Alpha One Entertainment, hanging Represent. out here in Pottsville, Arkansas, at your lovely home, the Alpha One Studios as well. Uh, you've showed me your equipment, and it's a pretty nice setup. You got the uh, Pioneer rig. You have, actually have two different controllers, two completely different setups that you showed me out there. Uh, the bigger setup for, obviously, for the receptions and the, the bigger uh, things that you do and then the smaller system if you have to go for a cocktail hour or even for the ceremony uh, you have that all set up as well so you're uh, you're you're like a real dj man mr jerry jarvis <laughs> well thank you very much <laughs> so uh t- tell me a, a little bit more give me the give me the short bio of jerry jarvis and alpha one entertainment I see you have some stuff written down. Talking points. Yeah, a few talking points. I'm a little bit of a creature of habit. I call this my paper brain. So <laughs> it goes with me everywhere. 
But um, yeah, I'll give you a short spiel. Um, been DJ since 1989. Uh, grew up in Illinois. Joined the military right outside the uh, high school there. And uh, was in the Navy for four years. And then transitioned over to the civilian sector for uh, semiconductor work. Basically making the machines that make computer chips. So I lived just north of Boston. Uh, traveled the world as an installer for them uh, for nearly a decade. And uh, about 15 years ago, came down here to work for A&O. What's A&O? Uh, it's Arkansas Nuclear One. Uh, came out here as a computer technician on their hardware side. Transitioned in 08 to instrumentation and control. And um, back in 15, had the opportunity to become an instructor. So... You still working for A&O? Yep, that's my square gig. That big old Homer Simpson looking thing that's out there in London, Arkansas? That is correct. Ah, oh, well done. And so, yeah, you, you give me a lot to unpack. I actually talked to a Navy man last night. Uh, full disclosure, it was my brother. <laughs> I've been doing this podcast for a while and I realized I hadn't talked to my brother. And he's very political and, and he's into motorcycles and and uh, and he's in the, in the Navy. We talked about a lot about that. What was your job in the Navy? I was an interior communications specialist. Communications? Wait a minute. It seems like that kind of parlayed into your civilian life as well. Absolutely. It, it played to my strengths. I've uh, been a wire biter, you know, a, a techie ever since I can recall. Um, used to frustrate my parents because anytime I'd get a new toy, yes. I would play for it with it for a little while right. and then tear it apart try to modify it, put it back together. <laughs> you know, you said wire biter, and yeah, that that's one reason that my teeth are very, very bad, is is, is I used to strip the wires with my teeth rather than grabbing a, a, a the proper clamping tool, the proper wire stripping tool. Is that something that you do? Uh, used to. Not, <laughs> not anymore. I, uh, I've suffered the same issues. Um, oh, yeah. You get a little bit of teeth sensitivity, especially after about 30 years of doing it. So you use what's available, but make sure you have the tools with you when you go out. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good man, Jerry Jarvis. Well, you've already introduced me to your, your ch child and your wife. And they're running around here somewhere. And there's many, many dogs. So you're an animal lover. That's good. Yes. Love plants, animals, and of course, do-it-yourself type stuff. <laughs> what, what's the, which do-it-yourself type? What's that? Oh, well, we bought an old home. It was okay. built back in the 30s. And everything from plumbing to electrical to, you know, the aesthetics, painting, you name it. We've, we've done it. Yeah, it's a big old house, and it's got, you know, exactly what you think a, a, an old house would have. It's wooden on the outside, and I see archways that are all kind of molded out to, that, and they're, they're a bit, is that short, would that be shorter than, than a normal archway? Because it seems like people have been getting taller, but no, I guess that's about right. I, I could fit through that pretty well, uh, but uh, yeah, I see a lot of good molding. The the, the house has good bones. You're You've done well and the the yard uh, every time i've ever come by here jerry jarvis alpha one I, i've always seen you out there in the yard and, and you're very meticulous is, is that something a, a part of your pride absolutely um yeah a little bit of a perfectionist or you know obsessive compulsive i don't think it's a disorder but no. yeah that bleeds through every facet of what i do oh i suspect you're right before every event and yes, it's a couple of DJs just sitting at a kitchen table uh, or a dining room table chit-chatting with each other. Uh, before every event, I'm nervous. I always want the thing to go 
perfectly. I never want any mess ups, especially these are the the most important times in people's lives, weddings and and uh, anniversaries, and and they have certain ex- expectations, and I want to reach and even exceed their expectations. I've seen your your pictures from your events, Jerry Jarvis, and and uh, I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed. Thanks, man. I, I wanted to give you a chit chat and, and talk to you a little bit more about. Uh, how the beginnings of Jerry Jarvis and where you are and where you're heading, where you think you're, you're heading with this uh, endeavor. Uh, so you, you you were born when? Where? Illinois. Yeah, what, when? When was I born? Yes. <clears throat> well, that's an excellent question. I was born in 1975. Yes, I was born in 69. I'm 50 years old. 45. You're just a whippersnapper, youngin'. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... and Folks, he's in good shape, so he's out there. I see, like I said, you're always in the yard whenever I see you working out there. And So born in 75, where? Illinois. Illinois. And you grew up there? You went to school in Illinois? That's correct. And your parents, what did they do? Um, my parents both worked. Uh, you know, I was a quintessential Gen X kid, key la- uh, latchkey kid. Um my dad, he worked maintenance for the local manufacturing there in the area outside of Chicago, and my mom was office staff. And, it, and um, you said they worked together in the same kind of. They didn't no. work in the same company, oh, but it. they they were pretty much, you know, dad was out by five in the morning, mom by seven. They were both back by five, so. So good. You got to spend at least the evenings with them, and good upbringing. Absolutely, yeah. They they always made it a point to make sure that everybody was down at the. Uh, dinner table when it comes for supper time i like that man that's a that's a good old-fashioned family right there having dinner together it, it, it seems like uh people don't do that anymore uh, I, you know that's the the june cleaver and and uh the, the leave it to beaver family i guess is, is you know mom and hey, dad had to work mom in leave it to beaver didn't really have to work outside the house but uh in, in these days a lot of times you do need two incomes and that seemed to be what what happened. So they they worked. They, uh, they provided for you. Uh, any brothers and sisters? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, four of each. But really, my closest one was three years older. My sister Michelle. So she's like the one that I kind of grew up with. Okay. So you had uh, siblings that were spread out in ages. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> well, uh, I think you probably know. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, just. How- you get some that are much, much older and much, much younger? Actually, I'm the baby of the family. Hey, Jerry Jarvis, baby of the family. That's right. So by the time I came around, um, it was uh, it was pretty much, you know, fitting for myself, kind of learned from, <laughs> learned from the older guy, you know, folks and stuff. But, yeah, a lot uh, of hand-me-downs? Totally. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I was the oldest uh, in my family i only had the the one brother and then i had a stepsister and then i had a half brother that uh went off with my dad and i, I never really knew him too well but uh yeah I, my brother was the one i, I talked to yesterday and uh, yeah uh latchkey kids you're talking yes we we had uh, the two income family as well so we spent a lot of time alone fending for ourselves and that teaches you how to be self-sufficient and self-serving and and um, yeah, you, you seems like you turned out pretty well, Jerry Jarvis. Well, thank you. <laughs> you yeah. you got a nice home. You, you got some good kids here running around. 
<laughs> they're, they're actually poking their heads in, uh, seeing what's going on. How, how did this podcast thing, how does it work? Well, it's just a radio show that you get recorded, and people listen to it on their own time. And you'll probably listen to this a little bit later. You'll go, wait, I was there. I heard the whole thing. But I'll listen to it again, won't you? <laughs> so, all right. So you spent your early days, and, and you're going to learn more about your dad, kids, uh, if you listen to this podcast, because uh, we're going to dig a little bit. Not not too much. Anything he doesn't want to reveal, he doesn't have to. But uh, you, you're born in uh, what part of uh, Ohio? Uh, Illinois, sorry. Outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. So when... You, you grew up, did you, what was your extracurricular activities in, in school? What kind of things did you like to do? Well, in school, I liked to play sports. I had uh, a, a real good um, curricular there where we could play. I did basketball, track, played in the band, of course. I was a band geek. Of course. Yeah. Yes. What's your instrument? Trumpet. Trumpet. Man, I've talked to some trumpet players. Now, I've talked to trumpet, player, trumpet players that turn into the guitar players for some reason uh, you know so do you still play trumpet um not like i used to oh lost it okay eh. all right uh, and then any other extracurriculars besides band and all that um just a few other things but uh, when i got into high school that's when i really started uh with going for djing yeah started out probably like a lot of guys did you know doing free gigs for the school oh yeah and then house parties and uh, so that pretty much ate up my extra time. Oh, yeah. I was the high school DJ myself. Uh, uh, Belial from House Party. Uh, I would be that guy. Hey, right you going to help me carry my records? Yeah. Yeah, sure. We're going to help you. Okay. Nope. I'm dragging, the, dragging them all myself. Got my radio flyer uh, wagon with my crate full <laughs> of uh, whatever. And, you know, probably one turntable on the, on the first few gigs that I did. And uh, just uh, a box full of records, man. Just a crate. Crate from Peaches, Peaches Records. That was our Tower Records. I think I had one of those crates as well. But uh, so you're you're, you're the, the the school DJ. What was the first gig that you remember playing in high school? Oh wow, um, it was basically a uh, freshman fall dance. Um, at our school, we had dances regularly. There was and it started back in like the fourth grade. Yeah. So it was great, and that's really what inspired me was the uh, the band teacher that we had. He was also the DJ for the the school dances. Cool. And I got him nice with him, and he also played the trumpet, which inspired me to play the trumpet as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, the the first one I did was uh, my own freshman class. We had a uh, fall get together, and it was in uh, the cafeteria of our school. Big one. All right. Yeah, yeah, I did house parties. I, I, I didn't play the school dances. But uh, what kind of gear did you have in ninth grade? <laughs> well, um, my own gear, I pretty much had one turntable. I had a dual cassette player. Oh, yeah. And I had a fresh CD player. Oh, yeah. But um, the the PA was... Wait a minute. This is the 80s? Yeah. You had a CD player? Those things are like a thousand bucks. In nine, yeah, and the, the CDs for them were like twenty bucks a pop. Yeah, I had and one in '86 in my car, and people thought, "Wow, that was wow, were oh, you rich?" Yeah, space age. 
Um, yeah, and that, you know, don't get me wrong, it was not, you know, brand spanking new. It was oh, no. Also hand-me-down Every stuff. bump I hit, the, the, the CD would skip. Yeah. I think it had one laser, and they came out with the, the three-laser one the next year or whatever it was. Right. I don't know the ins and outs so well of my original Sony Discman that I had plugged into my aux of my <laughs> Alpine stereo, which went, went with me from car to car. That was oh, just... Yeah, that, that was state-of-the-art to me. Yeah. But uh, So you had a CD player back in the 80s when CDs were brand spanking new. Uh, you were you know, trying to get the latest equipment, at least, to, to, to make sure that you were sounding right. You had the tape-to-tape, so you could make a mixtape for people. Yep, you know it. <laughs> and then uh, we'd borrow the school's equipment, which was a PV system, okay. two, two PV-15s with horns, and then a mixer amp with the old rotary dial. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I used that in 86 at the uh, one of the first radio stations I was at, 88.5. It was in Fort Lauderdale, uh, WKPX, 88.5, the alternative radio station for the alternative you. Right on. <laughs> right on. Uh, school radio. Uh, so uh, the DJing thing could parlay into other uh, avenues, um, and you were playing trumpet in the band. Uh, what other what other things did you do with the band? Did you ever uh, consider starting your own band, or or where were we at? Well, as far as the band, uh, I was very active in that until I hit about sixteen. We were doing. Um, course marching band sure. i made the high school marching band in eighth grade yeah and um then of course we did pet band which was really cool same band director what's pet pet band pet band we pet, pet band pet okay. band yeah we'd actually do um halftime performances and stuff for the basketball team yes and uh it was really cool because our band director bill jean uh-huh. represent that guy's awesome what he would do is he would pull the class and we would all vote for a popular song at the time. Ours was, you know, like, Aha, Take On Me. Best video ever made. Right. <laughs> hey, or, my know, humble opinion. Bon Jovi, you know, stuff like that. Sure. And what he would do is he would take home the tape and score it for our band. Yeah. And then we would play it. Okay. So he was the, the band director and he kind of arranged all the, the instruments for Yes. It? Yeah, he would score and arrange everything for us and then, you know, bring us out for performances. And, yeah, he was just phenomenal. How, how big was this band? Um, at our peak, we were probably looking at 120 plus. That's a lot of members to lay <laughs> out. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you're, you're playing trumpet. How many trumpets in this thing? Oh, I would say we probably had eight to ten. Wow. All right. And yeah. this, is, this is your pet band? Pet band. And the marching band? How big was that? about the same size most of the band members stayed through pet band marching band and concert band oh and concert band okay so when was the the first concert you played with a band oh shoot if you remember um well we did school concerts but the we made a uh, all region team and that's where they brought in folks from all different schools so it would be the top three of each instrument yeah. and i was uh first chair for trumpet what yeah. He's not bragging. That's cool. Well, I'm not bragging, but... No, I'm, that's cool. That's cool as can be, man. But the the first note, you can see I'm getting goosebumps yes! just thinking about it. Glory days, man. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't thought about this stuff in that's, 25, 30 years. That's why we're here, Jerry wow. Jarvis, Alpha wow. One Entertainment. Pulling out of me, Dan the Man. All that's right. right. This is your life, man. This is your podcast. You can share it with your friends and, and let people know how you started. Where, where did this all begin? 
Uh, how did Jerry Jarvis Alpha One Entertainment get here to Pottsville, Arkansas? So, all right, you started in Chicago, Illinois. That's a great music town to, to start in. But, I mean, you you graduated high school in, in Chicago as yep. well? Or in that area? Yep. So, as a young man in Chicago... Yeah, you got all these this band and you know these instruments in your pocket. You're playing gigs already as a DJ. Well, what you kind of? I like to remember my first paid gig. What what was your first paid gig? My first paid gig. Well, it was my old track coach. He actually ran a multi operator unit. Yes. Um, I just turned sixteen. And I went to a cousin of mine's wedding. I didn't necessarily want to go. Right. Because you know you're being you know you're sixteen. Yeah. It, it seemed kind of square, and I looked over and I saw the equipment. And yes. every DJ or every gearhead, immediately you're going to be make a beeline to the gear. Okay. So I look over there, and I'm used to, you know, turntables and records, and, you know, you got to carry them by the stack. Sure. And I noticed that they're like Panasonic Professional VHS. Yes. Three of them. Okay. I'm like, what is this? And I see a couple of video screens and the switch, and the, yes. I'm like looking around, and then in comes my my coach, Freddie. Right. I'm like, dude, you got to check this stuff out. He's like, this is mine. Oh yeah. I'm like, what? So we sit there, we talk shop. You know how it goes. Oh yeah. He's like, all right, well, I got this gig tonight. He's like, I want you to come with me. It's about half hour, forty five minutes away. Uh huh. Of course, I got to go clear with moms and pops. Sure. They say, okay, so I drive out there to this place called Doyle's. Okay. It's a lounge in, the, in a hotel. I don't even know if it exists anymore. It's called the Chancellor. But what they had was a residency there. Yes. Big old Aquastar projector, six foot by nine foot screen at the edge of the dance floor, lights. Yes. And then once again, there are those production level VHSs. Yes. With a huge rack of everything that you've that you can imagine. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of, like, promo only and stuff, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, before that, it was Wolfram. Remember? Yes. Yep. So that's what all this stuff was from, and I'm looking, and, of course, I'm my, I'm dizzy. I'm like, look at all this music, look at this gear. Right. And that night, he puts me on the decks. Sure. And we lit it off, and this is 1991. Oh, yeah. And I got 50 bucks. Yeah. When I went home, I was dancing in my bed, and I closed my eyes. I could see the lights and the people dancing. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. Within, within the next week or so, I was doing three nights a week. Wednesday night, Friday and Saturday. Man, 91, MTV was still playing music videos. You were an MTV oh. music DJ out in the club. That style DJ out in the club. Yep. I remember 89. 89 was the year that I, I, I think I started doing video DJing at that time as well. Because previous to that, it was an MC and a DJ. And it was a two-man team for the most part. Yeah. I had uh, MCJ, and then I was DJ, uh, you know, dancing Danny G back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, don't, don't, don't spread that around. Uh-oh, I think I just spread it around. Whoopsie. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and, and you had somebody to work the turntables and then one somebody to work the crowd. And occasionally we would uh, change, uh, you know, change uh, hats and I would be the MC, and then he would be the DJ. And that was fun. Right. So did you ever work uh, events where you had two men or was it always a one-man crew? 
Oh, we would uh, we would do two man, sometimes three, depending on the gig. Sure. Because they had uh, two residencies and uh, three mobile. Yes. So we would kind of jump off and do different parts. We would do um, you know university alumni. Yes. And I mean that's where we're planting three aqua stars. It takes two days to set up. What? Yeah. I mean ah. you know I met you know Walter Payton. Uh, oh yeah. You know all those guys, and it was. It was kind of funny because I'm, I'm not really a sports fanatic. I'm a music guy. Right. When I met him, I'll be honest, I didn't know who he was. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just a nice guy. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm from the Florida Keys. A lot of people go down there on vacation. A lot of destination weddings happen in the Florida Keys. Oh, yeah. So I got to do hundreds a year. Right. For a while, the Cleveland Browns would come down one by one and get married and I was their official DJ. No, so I had the kicker and their, I can't even remember their names. Uh, Richardson maybe was one of them. But anyway, Cle- Cleveland Browns kept coming down, uh, you know, maybe once every every year or twice a year and, and we'd party. Now, the thing is, I don't know if you've had this uh, with the with uh, athletes and, and people that have high testosterone. Uh, the party was supposed to end at midnight. Uh, here's a couple. Here's a couple more bucks. Uh, no, we'll go to one. Here's a couple more bucks. We'll go to two, three, four, five. Yeah. I gotta go. It's Sunday morning. You know the sun's coming up. That's why I'd go out wearing shades on my head. Yeah. All right. And did you have that that with athletes? I guess. Oh, with athletes, with local personalities. Local person. um, you know, you would have radio folks that you know after the gig shut down, you'd go to after hours. Oh yeah. And you know. It, you would walk in their living room, and it was basically set up like a studio. Sure. And flick of a switch is back on. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, those, you know, different times. Well, being a resident, you, you know, uh, even if the, the club would close at 2, you know, they'd send the regular folk out. And then after hours, it would be staff. just staff. Yeah. And maybe even other restaurants would come by, and we'd have the after hours party just to unwind. and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that... That happens a lot. That's that. That's great. And, yeah. But yeah, South Florida, a lot of stars down there. Right. A lot of stars. But uh, the, Chicago, got to be a lot of stars there as well. Big town. Oh yeah, and it's not just the ones that you know too, but it's the uh, it's the local folks. Yes. You know, because somebody could be you know the A one chef of this particular restaurant, or you know what their wait staff. You know, all working professionals. And there's nothing better, man, than when you just get basically the keys to the kingdom. Yes. And you can, you can freewheel it. You don't have to worry about staying in a certain format. Right. And, and So, all right. Wow. What, what was your favorite go-to? If you're starting a party that nobody ever planned, uh, where do you start? Oh, well, oh, play something good. Oh, boy. That's, that's a classic. Isn't that a great one? Yeah. Yeah. Play something good. Well, to you or me. Um, yeah, well, yeah. A big part of it is, you know, know your audience, sure. right? And you get a pretty, pretty good feel, especially from being around these folks, working with them. Because after all, we're service staff as well, right? Of course, yes. Yeah, so you know these folks and you know their interests and you read their body language. Because even when you're playing that bubblegum stuff, you look around, you read the crowd, you see if somebody's tapping their toe or head, bobbing their head, singing right. along. But um, things I'd like to do, well, gosh, I haven't thought about this in a long time. Please. Um, I would never come in with a set playlist. Never. Even even to this day. Absolutely. Never. And 
I uh, unless it's a wedding and they picked out the music. Right. You know, you have that in your uh, in the file. I'll have it as a crate. Right. But it's not in any particular order. Right. And and I'm that way to this very day. Sure. And left to my own devices, I still kick it back. Man, Rob Bass, dude. Yes, yes. Yeah. Early 90s, late 80s. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you could kick Sugar Hill and stuff like that. I know it's a little... A little different, but you know the message. You know with uh, Grandmaster Flash. Come on, man! You can recite every word, of oh, course, every message, lyric. The message. And, and most anybody at any party could, you know, of, of a certain age, yeah. could recite every word of those, every lyric. Yeah, and and honestly, you know, I drop the message because you really cannot get people's attention quicker than dropping that first note. Yeah. And you feel it come out the system. It's got a good bass line. For sure, man. Got a great bass line. Yeah. That one and, and uh, you know, uh, Eric uh, B and Rakim. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Throw some of that in there and uh, for sure. Even, even new shoes. Oh, my goodness. 1986 was my grad night and new shoes was playing at that grad night. Uh, uh, this is in uh, Disney World. Uh, this is where our grad night was. So, yes. And <laughs> years later, I got a chance to, to meet up with them. And I said, did you ever remember uh, 1986 you played for our grad night? And you go, oh, I remember that gig. We lost our bags on that one. I was like, all right. This all right. is years later. I'm talking to them on the radio. And, and they had a show in Miami that they were playing. Ooh, this has got to be 2000 maybe but yeah new shoes I can't wait ah, yeah. oh. little little things pop up into my head oh little let's see the goosebumps <laughs> yeah that's what I call the tune tester man well that's what these are the, these podcasts I never know where they're gonna go and I, I'm always happy to converse with people and it's good to talk to people it is don't be in your phones all the time I'm talking to the kids now oh they know that very well yes yeah. it's good to chit chat that's good that's cool <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent. Go outside and play. Uh, you know, play with your friends. And that's a good thing. I, I, they're good kids, I can tell. They, they've been quiet this whole time. You may not know it, but they, we've had these, these two young, young folks right here hanging out with us on this podcast with Jerry Jarvis of the Alpha One Entertainment. <laughs> they're good man well thank you very much oh uh, you're doing a good job they take after their mother uh okay yeah and i haven't heard a peep from mom <laughs> i know she's around here somewhere yeah she's busy working okay and so all right we're still in chicago and you're still a young man uh trying to get out of chicago uh what are you doing after high school uh in chicago well, um, right after high school, I made the leap into uh, into the Navy. In the Navy. Would you like a glass of iced tea? No, thanks. Uh, did you train in Great Mistakes? I mean, Great Lakes, Illinois? <laughs> no, you had it right the first time, Great Mistakes. <laughs> no, actually, um, I was one of the lucky ones. I actually went out to San Diego, California. Come on. Wait a minute. I thought east of the Mississippi, you went to Great Mistakes, and then west of the Mississippi, you went to San Diego. Well... You were one of the lucky ones, one of the few. Yeah, um, because my A school or my specialty was uh, military GPS or global positioning systems. Yes. That A school was also out in San Diego, so they just did a twofer. Excellent, man. Yeah. So how long did you spend in San Diego? I was out there for a little over a year. Yes. And then um, it was an eye-opener. Okay. And it was really funny because... Um, from the time I was like 13 or something, I was like, I'm going to California. Yeah, I like San Diego. I've done some, I've done some parties out there. Yeah, and um, 
it, it was really cool. You know, did a lot of uh, hanging out on the free time, you know, downtown and sure. checking out a few of the clubs that we could get into. Still underage. Right. But, um, yeah, and that's where I was really kind of turned on to electronic dance music for the first time. Hey, dig it. This has got to be 90. What, when did you graduate high school? 1993. 93 you graduated high school? Yep. Wow. Okay. That, yeah, and, and, and you're you're saying that '89 you started because that was your first paid gig. Yeah, yeah, that's where I I, I say '86 is where I started because that's the first time somebody had paid me actual money, and it was also fifty bucks, and it was a, a wedding as well. 1986, so 1993, you're in California, San Diego, in the Navy, uh, doing some clubs. Electronic music is in your head, and then what? And then uh, I was transferred out to the East Coast. I ended up out in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And okay. that was kind of one of the, uh, the big stops on what I call the Bermuda Triangle of EDM and the Southeast Coast uh, EDM scene. So this is still with the Navy? Yes, still with the Navy. Okay. Had you started a family by this time, or are you still a young single man? Young single man. All right. And I tell people in their 20s, do everything you want to do in your 20s, because by the time you're 30 you got to start settling down. Words of wisdom. Yes, yes. Fall down as much as you want in your 20s because you're made of rubber. You can bounce back. Yeah, plus you have the time. Yes. All right. And the energy. So good. You were you, you were seeing the country at least. Did you get out, out of the country with the Navy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Did you get on a boat? Yeah, we were on a ship. What? They put you on a ship? Yeah, they put me on a ship out in Virginia Beach. We did a lot of uh, CD ops down in... Uh, the Gulf and across yeah. through the Panama Canal and South Pacific, and then we went over and did a um, what do you call it med cruise or where we did through the Mediterranean. Yeah. This was uh, the original Gulf War time and Bosnia conflict. Okay, did you get involved in any of that? Um, not a little not bit on the fringes. On, on the fringes. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't have to go into into battle. That's uh, yeah. hard, man. I wish people wouldn't fight. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me too. You know, peace, but, love, you, and do respect. Yes, I like that. I like that. That's a that's a good EDM saying there, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, and so it wasn't just a job; it was an adventure. You did get to see some some of the the, the world and meet some new types of people. That what what was your impressions? What was your, what was your favorite part of it? Um, honestly, the people. Always been a people person, and. Um, even, you know, through the military and then civilian travel, because I traveled the globe as well with Semiconductor. Hey, dig it. Um, I found that fundamentally, anywhere you go, people are the same. Yeah. You know, we, we have the basic needs, you know, cl food, clothing, shelter. Right. But also you run into the same types of people no matter where they live, what language they speak. You know, you're going to have your extroverts, your introverts, and the everything in between yeah. and you're going to run into those familiar friends that over and over again you know that that you've known your whole life and it, it's just it's just really really cool yeah I, I find that people all over whether you're on the left or the right or any race or any color or any creed you you want the same things we're more the same than than anything else we want our kids to be happy and fed we want roof over our head we want food every day uh, you know uh, yeah yes <laughs> and you want to live life you want to you know not just work to live you want to 
work or you know you want to be able to experience things and everybody does yes you know so there's we have much more in common just, just like you said we have much more in common than we do not yeah all you got to do is chit chat with people yeah and, and um oh man i know i said this a couple of podcasts ago but uh agree to disagree i don't like agree to disagree just have a conversation with people you know and find some common ground because you're going to find it oh absolutely yeah. i call it the theory of the open hand hmm Especially, okay. you know, sounds like a karate thing. Yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> um, you know, when you're going, you're the you're the weird foreign guy, you know, in a new land. So go there with an open mind. Sure. And you know, be respectful. Learn a few basic sayings or words. Yeah. Please, thank you. Where's the toilet? Yes. How much? Beer, please. <laughs> you know, things like that. And just by you making that effort is going to be really endearing to those folks, and they're going to want to help you. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you got some of that in Chicago. That's a pretty big, pretty big tourist town. I got a lot of that in Miami and South Florida. Got to say hello and goodbye in several different languages. Oh, yeah, you bet. Yeah. So if you're anything in the service industry, you're going to meet different kinds of people. So you're in Virginia, primarily stationed out there. Where do you go from there? Jerry Jarvis, Alpha One Entertainment. Well, um, out of there, I was recruited um, by a civilian semiconductor agency. Um, they made ion-m planners, and they were stationed north of Boston. It's what we kind of jokingly refer to as Silicon Valley East. Okay. That's where Raytheon and a, a bunch of different companies are located. Sure. 128 North represent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, up north of Boston. Yeah, and you picked up a little bit of the accent, although you probably had a Chicago accent as well. Yeah, well, by the time I was there, you know, I had kind of a muddy mutt accent from being mid Midwest, mm -hmm. East Coast, West Coast, and of course down South. You know, picked up a little bit of y'all and all right, and that you know, even you know, right there in Virginia. So it was a it was kind of a little bit of a muddied accent, I believe. All right. So in your formative years, you kind of muddied that up a little bit. I, well, I, yeah, I guess you, you did spend your whole young life in, in the Chicago area, but you've been all over this world uh, in, in one way or another. So you, you got recruited by this company, and then what happened? Well, um, basically, I uh, worked my way through the ranks. I started out in assembly. And uh, ended up being a uh, field service engineer for them, where we'd actually fly out to customer sites, install and test the equipment for our customers. Semiconductors. Yeah, and that's, you know, like Intel, Motorola, Texas Instruments, Samsung, and many, many more. Dig it. All right. So, where do we go from here? Well... Uh, gosh. Are you still DJing at all at this point? Or do you have some equipment? Yeah, had some equipment. Um, I'd actually uh, pieced together, you know, some mixed bag equipment. Had a couple of, of course, uh, Techniques, Techniques 1200s. Sure. Um, picked up a Roland DJ2000 um, professional mixer because I could finally afford it. Right. Because, you know, back when we started, they barely made anything consumer level for DJs. Yeah, I can't remember what the, the, the mixer, the... The mixer that I had between the two turntables, I can't remember. It started with a D maybe, I don't know. It was probably like a Gemini. That was it. 525. That was it. Yeah, that's a standard. But, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s, um, 
you had to piecemeal stuff together that was pretty much built for PA systems for bands and vocalists and stuff like that. Right. You know, always hitting Radio Shack, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But um, Radio Shack's my, my toy store. Oh, yeah. They, they might as well pay me a Radio Shack bucks God, back, in the, back in those days. Yeah. Cause, and then Guitar Center came out. Forget it. They took the rest of my income. Yep. Guitar Center. That's where I, that's where I picked up my first set of uh, JBLs. They were the self-powered Eons. Uh, okay. Yeah, 15s. Yeah, I had this uh, Yamaha S, SW or SV-115. I think those were my first... The first ones that I owned, I, I rented a few times before right. that. But uh, yeah, the first gig that I did, I rented some equipment for about seventy bucks and got paid fifty. I still had a great time. It was, it was wonderful. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's a classic story. Matter of fact, um, you know, the whole time I was DJing, I'd take whatever I made and I'd be in the record store the next day. Oh yeah, yeah. For the kids out there, that was a place where you went to get. Yes. Um, Yes. Music. Yes. In fact, in, in <laughs> high school, uh, we had our, our hangout was McSugars in Fort Lauderdale. We had McSugars that was a, a combination uh, video game parlor and had snacks and pizzas and stuff like that. Right next door was the record store. So whenever I parked my car, my, my uh, uh, well, yeah, before that I had a motorcycle. Uh, and But when I parked my car, I had a Mustang. It wasn't a 5.0, it was a, like a six-cylinder, but the record store owner knew who I was. He goes, hey, what's up, Dan? Hey, I got some new stuff over here. Right Come on, on in. Saw me coming. Right on. So I had the choice of either spending on video games or the record store, or behind there was also the movie theater. So I was usually in the record store spending all my money, all my income, from Swenson's Ice Cream Parlor. <laughs> right on. Yes. Right on. So, yes, that's what happens. is When you become a, a professional disc jockey, you spend the majority of your money uh, putting it back into the business. So that way you get the good equipment. And, and now that you're a family man, you, you have your your day job, your your job that, that takes care of your, your family or, or the needs, I'm guessing. And then the DJ job, extra cheese maybe? Yeah, yeah, you know, honestly, it's never been about the money. It's more of yeah. passion. Sure. The appreciation and, uh, you know, I guess you can call it the nod. Yeah. You know, that one guest or client that comes up to you and they've just had the most awesome time that they never realized that they could. Right. And they just shake your hand and say thanks and they kind of give you that nod. You right. Know? And it's like, that to me... That's all the payment in the world, brother. Hey, you're spending time with people on their on their best days, on their most important days, and they they've come to be happy. They've come to have a good time, right? And you're there to help provide that good time, Jerry Jarvis, Alpha One Entertainment, and uh, <laughs> you know, happy to you know you get okay. The the ones <laughs> the one that sticks out in my head the last two months was the husband that came up to me. He just got married, you know, husband and wife. And the husband come up to me and says, man, you know, I was telling my, my now wife that I didn't think we needed a DJ, oh, but yeah. I'm so glad we got one because you were awesome. Isn't that the, a great feeling? You know, and you come home just live, floating on that high, don't you? Yeah, that's a huge compliment. Yeah, yeah. And if they give you the green handshake, that's a whole other story. Here you go. There you go. Have an extra couple, couple bucks there. <laughs> you know, that yeah. happens. And that's... Man, that's extra. That's extra special. But yes, uh, 
talking with Jerry Jarvis, man, hanging out at his house, going through his life a little bit, uh, finding out more about JJ. What, what were your nicknames growing up? Um, well, several different nicknames that I'm not going to mention, but uh, everybody that knows me, uh, even to this day, calls me JR. JR. Yep. Okay. And then uh, the boy put his hand in the air. Is oh, that another JR? That's another JR. I'm Jerry Ross, and he's Jack Robert. Dig it. Jack Jarvis. <laughs> okay, now that Iron Man came out, uh, are you happy with the Jarvis character? Um, yeah, I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. They just call out your name. In fact, you could take those little sound bites and use them at your parties. Jarvis, Jarvis, Jarvis. <laughs> okay, so uh, you're, you're doing semiconductors. Uh, that's the, the Joe job for, for right now. Uh, what year are you getting out of that and getting into something else? Well, um, the, the story's kind of mixed. Go ahead, mix it up. Um, about 99, I ran into this guy. He was a colleague. He was a new hire up there. Um, I already been in-house for a while, and he was from Russellville, Arkansas. Hey, all right. And Pretty close to where we're at. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's actually fundamentally the reason why I came here. Okay. Um, right around the 2002-2003 time frame, um, he had already moved back in 2000. He took a job here at Arkansas Nuclear One. Yes. And he kept telling me, hey, you need to come down here. We kept in contact, and we used the phone as a telephone, so we talked to each other. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't even fly over Arkansas. You know, I'm going transcontinental and then, you know, all, all places east and west. Right. And uh, I guess it was the winter of 2003. I'm like, you know what? Things were getting get a little hectic up in the Northeast, and I needed a break. So I took a little eight-day vacation and flew down here to Little Rock. Okay. And, um, and at this point, where were you living? I was living north of Boston. North of Boston, okay. Yeah, up in Gloucester. Okay. <laughs> and then you got to Little Rock. Yeah, got to Little Rock, and uh, honestly, you know, the airport was so small, and when you travel a lot, you kind of get a feel. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, when you pull into a new town or into a new venue, a new whatever, you kind of get that vibe. Sure. And um, there I go. I'm getting chills again. Get it. When I flew into Little Rock, it felt like I came home. Hey. Word. So you were digging that town. You, you, you got to Little Rock, and it was you had just, a good feeling. It was actually we were still taxiing to the gate when I got that feeling. Yeah. And then this was, you know, he he met me just outside the gate, and uh, took me over here to Russellville, and I spent the next eight days and seven nights. We had a huge bonfire. We went out on dirt roads, which I wasn't accustomed to, and um, in that time frame, I met more real like real people yeah. than I did in the previous decade okay it, it just felt so warm so welcoming you know maybe it's a little uh, cliche but that's southern hospitality okay but I felt this is the place I mean, okay so you had a certain uh, thing in in Boston a certain certain feeling in Boston uh, how was how were the people different in Little Rock, as, as far as that, or even Russellville, for that matter. Well, uh, <laughs> northern people versus southern people. Well, this could be polarizing. I don't know. I'm not going to denigrate or anything. Right, right. Um, 
there's you know there's different cultural uh, differences where you go. Sure. Um, up in the up in the northeast, you know the the winters are long. It's cold. And it's cold, yeah. especially where I was. I was right on the harbor, so I mean it was nothing, you know, to be minus seventeen. It's got to affect people some way. Yeah, and yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't even break fifty five until after April. Yay. Yeah, you get they joke about it. It's like two weeks of summer. Right. When I flew down here. It was minus 17 in Boston. Sure. It was 45 degrees here. Right. I'm running around in a t-shirt. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. I was like, this is springtime. Yeah, to us, it's freezing out here, you know. Right. Now, you're likening, when I, I lived in Miami, and then my grandparents and my mom mom and dad lived in Key Largo. When I moved to Key Largo, it was that feeling, you know, where you just... You start to slow down. Your your blood pressure drops. Yep, you yep. feel like you're going home. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love Miami. That's a big city. There's a lot of people hustle and bustle. And if you're a working DJ, you got plenty of people to go entertain and and clubs to go play at. And yeah, being a resident and what have you. And video DJing that was you know that's always fun. You know? And you're still a video DJ at this point. Yes. Yeah. And do you strictly, as as often as you can, I know there's a few songs you can't get videos to, but for the most part, I like to put a, a good music video up there. Yeah, it's, um, you know, been video DJ for three decades. Right, right. And I'll tell you, honestly, the newer videos, it's a challenge because yes. even though you have a, a super clean version oh, where there's yeah. no curse words, oh, yeah. the video itself. Oh, yeah. So that's when you throw up, you know, just ambient graphics and things right, like that. Right. I have, I always, especially for brides, I'll, I'll make a logo for them and I'll put that up on the screen. Yeah. Monogram. And if I'm using the video projector, I'll put it up on the projection system as well. Yeah. But for the most part, I usually bring a couple of screens if they don't have a lot of room for a projector, you know. So, uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Video DJing. So, all right, you, you, you made it to Little Rock. And you got your, your first impressions were, yeah, I'm home. And what year is this? Um, 2004. 2004. So that's an eight-day vacation. How long till you actually make the plunge and move out here? Well, actually, I made the decision on my way back to Boston. The very next working day, I quit my job and started packing a U-Haul. Would you stop? And then you started working over at the nuclear plant? I didn't have a job or nothing. No job. No job. That's something that somebody in their 20s can do. Yep. When they don't have their family yet. And that's why I'm saying, in your 20s, go. Yep. Be all you can be. Uh, wait, no, that's not it. It's, <laughs> a, it's not just a job. It's an adventure. Adventure is out there. <laughs> I forgot. I'm talking to a Navy man, not an <laughs> Army man. <laughs> So, yes, so you get to, to Russellville, the Russellville area, what happened? Yeah, uh, picked up a rental, and within, like, literally seven days, I had a job working out at the, uh, at the nuclear plant. There you go. In, in a computer support group. There you go. If you want it, you can have it. You know, yeah. if you need a job, you go get a job. Yeah. And you got a job. And you were working, it was, I guess that's an entry-level position at the nuclear plant? Or, yes. And you worked your way up? Worked my way up. Uh, you know, technically speaking, worked my way out of a job. Worked my way into another job. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and that's just how I've always rolled with, you know, no matter what you do, you just do your best and do all, you. All right. And then all through that, you're doing the DJ thing as well with Alpha One Entertainment, Jerry Jarvis. And, uh, okay, so you get to Russellville. Uh, 2000, 
four. Okay, and you start doing some gigs. What, what do you do to get yourself in out there? Well, um, it, that's kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I had a rental house. My whole living room was basically a DJ setup. I had the fifteen setup and <laughs> yeah. a little twenty-inch TV. Sure. I had I had cut cable TV like years before. Right. I, I don't really watch a lot of TV, of course, but. Um, and, and that's what it was. You know, you walked into my living room, it was basically walking into a DJ booth with a, you know, a, a couch and a couple of chairs and stuff. And you have a lot of friends come over and do little house parties, maybe? Or yeah. parties? Yeah. Did a, did a lot of little house parties there. I was, you know, kind of in the suburbs, had the, had the 5 called a couple times. Why wouldn't you? It's not a good party until the cops come. Right. You know, and I tell them to bring, bring some uh, more drinks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get, uh, don't get lippy or, uh. <laughs> at, the t- at the time, you know, when I get tired, even now, you know, what city I, is this? Is this Russellville? This is Russellville. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, even now, when I get tired, or you know, back when I drank, uh, if you get a, get a little tipsy, the the New Englandy accent would kind of come out a little bit. Ah, Yankee. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't like that. We don't take kindly to them down here. That's correct. <laughs> but um, I guess I'm a Yankee from Miami. That's what they always call me because it's the biggest biggest suburb of New York down there. Mm, yeah, true. Well, yeah, true. the 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 wine that people <laughs> ask for in New York is I want to go to Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all five boroughs represent. Correct, correct. So, yeah, um, yeah, house start- parties. That's how you get your taste. Yeah, that's how I get a kind of flavor for it. And uh, of course, country had never been my forte or yeah. really, you know, hit the radar. Sure. And the more I get hanging out with the locals and talking to them and stuff, uh, I start doing house parties for uh, my friends and colleagues. Yeah. And um, at this time, we really hadn't, you know, hung up the tile and said, okay, we're in business. Right. You know, so we, I did a couple of weddings for friends and that. And uh, finally, uh, about six, six and a half years ago, we decided to make the leap. Okay. We went digital. Because before then, you know, I'm rocking CD players, DVD players, and turntables. Right. Humping tons of gear. Correct. <clears throat> Had these uh, rolling Odyssey cases that would carry about 200 vinyl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that was the big thing is they had to give a request. It's like, I have it, but not with me. Right. Well, now with digital... You got everything. Everything. If you got Wi-Fi, you buy it right there. Yeah. You, yeah. The technology, holy cow. And honestly, it was unnerving for me. It was the hardest thing for me to do. It was like jumping off a cliff. I understand. 99, I gave up my turntables. And I started going to... Uh, I did this, uh, one party with CDs, and the, even that was too much. I had the, the MP3 sitting right there. Now, there really wasn't a good program. I think Atomix was or atomics was a, a program that was just starting out to where you can go one to the other but there wasn't a controller for that yet right. that was any good so i was using a mouse going back and forth and that worked pretty well but uh yeah and then the the, the videos came out and yeah the rest the, there, there was no reason to go back to records and i see in your garage you have plenty of records still and lots of cds I have some. Uh, no, I have. I have one record left because I've lost all my my vinyl uh, over the years. Oh, in various that's a things. tragedy. I have. I have uh, um, was it? Uh, oh, I have one record. What is it? Uh, Jimi Hendrix. It's Experience. Oh it's yeah. It's the last record that I have, and 
I don't know why it stayed with me, but it did. It stayed with me. I have one record left. And no need to, to buy any others because it is all digital. And if you want to keep up with the kids, you got to stay digital, right? Right. I remember this one gig. I was still using the turntables. And uh, you know how oftentimes when parents come in there with their young children, sure. where's the first place the kids go? Mm. DJ booth. Mm. So you're basically playing babysitter while you're, while you're working. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, you know, I pull out a vinyl, and a lot of times, you know, you flip it around. You're looking at A side, B side, trying to find the track. Right. And uh, this kid looks at me. His eyes are big as sausage. He's like, "Wow, that's the biggest CD I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> well, with all the bright lights that you have up there, you're still playing the, uh, Babysitter quite a bit of times. Oh yes. The, the kids are looking at the bright lights and and the scrims and the, oh, oh look at yeah, all those lights. Oh, I got pushing touch on stuff. your scrims. I want to touch stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's why it's always good to have an extra set of eyes in here, just kind of play. You know, they to get that Heisman pose. Kick. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw a meme like that yeah i'll play your <laughs> i'm not playing your your request <laughs> and yes we're we're for the people we do play your request as long as the bride's okay with it that's right she's she's number one client you got that right now i'll never come out and tell a client or a guest no right i'll say it in my own way yeah see what i can do yeah i'll see what i can do i'll try that yeah. mean, that means no yeah, well, let me... T yeah, yeah. Because to me, there's no such thing as try. Either you do or you don't. Correct. But... That's what Yoda taught us. That'll that'll satisfy, especially if they're having a good time and you're playing a good mix. You say, I'll try, or I'll see what I can sure. do. Well, five, ten minutes later, they forgot about it. Right. What's the answer to play something good? <sighs> I'm on it. Ah! <laughs> My answer to play something good is, hey, what's your favorite song? Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. And, and But I did have one two weeks ago... And it was the cousin, uh, and and she kept asking me to play something good. And I said, well, the dance floor is full. Mm. And what, what would you like to hear? What's your favorite song? Yeah, what do you and, have and in she, mind? She said, it's not my job. Ooh. You're getting paid to be here. Oh. And, and I said, well, I'm playing everything off of the bride's playlist, you know, and these are things. And if you see, the bride's right there. She's having a good time. And go ahead, you know, that's your cousin. It, it, it's a struggle sometimes, you know, play something good. You're going to have that one. Oh, play yeah. Play something good. Yeah. Or play anything but this. Play anything but this. And I, what's your favorite song? Yeah, Smile. G give me one. Yeah. That's why we keep a, a request list with a pen right there at the booth. <laughs> yeah, I went completely paperless. I, in fact, when at karaoke shows, which I'll have, I'll have one coming up at the old post, uh, I'll have people either text me or tell me. Sweet. Text me or tell me. I, you know, no paper. It helps the environment. Yay. Oh, that's, that's nice. I'm, yeah, I'm still kind of caught in the old ways, a little bit old school. Hey, man, we're we're uh, getting to a certain age. I'm a little bit older than you, but yeah, I'm trying yeah. trying to keep up with the kids. These kids today. Yeah, these darn kids. <laughs> I love them. They're the future. Well, so you, tell me more. Uh, you know, let's dig dig deeper into Jerry Jarvis. Uh, you're. You're DJing, you're, you're doing house parties in Russellville, and uh, when does the family start? Um, well, the, the family started actually 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Well, Crystal and I met 14 years ago. How'd that happen? Uh, we actually met at work. Uh, oh, um, she's a nuclear as well? She was at the time. Cool. Yep. And um, I'd actually met her mother. Her mother was a traveling uh, technician, and... We'd become friends, and it's a funny story. What does a traveling technician do? Uh, they go from uh, nuclear facility to 
to oh, from uh, site to site. Oh, for the nuclear. Okay. Yeah, okay. for outage support. Okay, and then. Yeah. And um, that's what her uh, her mother was doing. And I recognized uh, Crystal, my wife, mm-hmm. because she looked kind of like a, a younger version of her mother. Oh. But she had this giant rock on her left hand. Uh-oh. So I never talked to her. I never approached her, but I just noticed her. Right. Well, one night when uh, her mother and I were talking, she's like, well, you absolutely have to meet my daughter. Oh. I was like, well, she's taken. It's like, oh, no. That, that right there... That's just a... Uh, Keep away stone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, immediately, we walked over to uh, where she was working. I introduced myself. I gave her about a two-hour interview, and the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> she, she got the job. She got the... Well... <laughs> yeah. She got the job as Mrs. Jarvis. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, so, uh, wedding... Uh, since we're talking about wedding DJs, uh, how was the ceremony? Did you get a big wedding or a little wedding? Well, that's kind of ironic, you know, us being in the wedding business, uh, making pe- people's special day re- memorable. Sure. Um, we actually went to the courthouse. Hey. We kept it simple. Yeah, um, yeah. All of our family is from out of state, mine as well. Sure. You know, mine's in Illinois, hers is up in Pennsylvania. Uh, so um, we just kept it short and sweet. And, um, yeah. How did a couple of Yankees meet each other in Russellville, Arkansas? What's up with that? <laughs> higher, higher hands had something to do with that. It Ended was, up here in the South. Yeah. And you, then you had a couple kids, and, and when did you get this nice house? Um, we moved in here in 11, so eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we were looking for a place. Uh, our oldest was getting ready to start school, and we did a fair amount of research for the local school districts. Cool. And found that Pottsville had uh, number one ranking as far as you know the, the true data. Yeah. Um, so that's where we started looking, and oddly enough, the whole reason why we bought this house yes was because of that um, stained glass window right there in the living room. I like it. Yeah, Crystal saw it. She's like, "Yeah, this is the house." Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing what turns you on or what what sets you off when you're you're looking for a place to live. Yeah. Why not? That's a beautiful stained glass little piece. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, you know, old school craftsmanship. There's not a lick of uh, any kind of drywall. This was before drywall. So this is all lath and plaster. I see. It's plaster. Yeah. That's why I tell the kids not to run in the house because they hit the wall. It's going to hurt. Oh, for sure. It is solid. It's- so Pottsville School District represent. Good yeah. job. You found that they were the best. And I'm noticing the, some of the artwork up here in the living room. You have uh, the um, Beatles. Uh, is that your favorite group? <laughs> well, um, it, it didn't start out that way, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Beatles head now. Where'd you start? Um, there used to be this old thing called, your guys are two types. They're either Elvis or the Beatles. Right. Because the Beatles, you know, particularly, they started as a boy band, right? And, yes. And Elvis, you know, he was the rebel, swagger. Correct. You know, lone wolf kind of dude. But um, anthology is what turned my mindset around. Have you ever heard of the Beatles anthology? I have. But uh, you say Elvis. I always keep the key to the Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that place burned down, but I stayed in room 223. I knew you were an Elvis dude. I can tell it. I can tell it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's actually um, 
with old LPs, they'd have inserts and they'd also have photos. I miss artwork. I do. I miss artwork. And that's something that, that the young people are not getting anymore with their music. It used to be you'd get an album, you'd take the cellophane off, yeah. you'd look at the front cover, wow, that's so beautiful, the back cover, open it up, you get a whole story and pictures. Yeah, you would throw it on the turntable, A-side, and lift the needle up, put it in the first groove, and start looking at the artwork. That is correct. Yeah. It was an experience Yeah, uh, listening to music. And I know kids are getting back into it. Yeah. I just talked this morning to a, a lady at the studio downtown in Conway, Arkansas, and they have a a beers, a brews and beats uh, event once a month where they have record exchanges and record sales. Where's this? This is in the studio downtown in Conway, Arkansas. And I was talking to Kate Carnahan. And yeah, that's the podcast that I just put up. <laughs> and probably... The, the one just before the one you're going to be on. So, right on. That you're on right now. So Beats and Brews down at the studio downtown. Yeah. Check that out. They, they yeah, change records. And I know they're affiliated with, they do uh, something with Palmer Music as well. They sell records at Palmer. Uh, they used to be Jack's uh, music store in, in Conway. So I'm from Conway, uh, or I'm living in Conway now. And uh, Jerry Jarvis hanging out in Pottsville still. Alpha One Entertainment. Uh, he could be your wedding DJ or your any event DJ. What's your? Uh, what, what do you get mostly uh, as far as events? Well, you know, especially this time of year, the bread and butter weddings. Wedding season. <laughs> Word. Right. Yeah, but uh, we do all types of events. Uh, my favorite. Um, well, it, it's so hard to pick a favorite. Right. But uh, get in the schools, that's a big plus. Yeah. And, uh, of course, here with ATU or Arkansas Tech, you know, doing the oh, yeah. doing the school stuff there. And you get the sororities or the frat parties, the homecomings. Yes. Uh, and, and that gets really fun because it's... Uh, you're working with a narrow band age group. Sure. So you can really... You know what style of music they yeah, want. You, you want can, this. You can really target it and, yes. and hit it home, you know. Oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, like a wedding, it's a very, it's a peculiar animal. animal. Six to 60, you know, and yeah. beyond. Yeah, it, you know, you have little kids all the way to grandma and grandpa, and you have all those different years and decades, so you, you know, you have to touch on that. And Plus, then you have the bride's cousin saying, play something good. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, uh, very unique about that gig, um, event planners and stuff, you know, they're thinking about it for maybe a couple of months or a year in advance. Sure. Well, with a bride... They're thinking about it since they're a little girl, you know, so it could be decades and they have an envision and it's up to us to hit that or exceed that. Right. So that's what makes it real special and and really that's what draws me to it, you know, the the interaction with the bride and seeing that look and I call it the wow face. Yeah. You know, when they walk in for the first time and you can tell that you hit or exceeded because they see it and they feel it and they hear it and they're like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice setup. Wow, it sounds good. Yeah. Turn it up. I right. love turn it up. Oh, turn you it know, up. Because I keep it down for the cocktails. I keep it down for the dinner. Yep. Turn it up. Yes. Oh, Let's yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. What I like to do is to kind of, you know, take them on an adventure. You know, it's an experience. Every gig's an experience. Of course. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Cocktail hour, dinner music, and then you kind of just slowly ramp up. Ramp up. And then you want to save your best for last where you're really just 
when you turn off the music and you hear them singing along still. Oh, they're still going. Yep. They're still going. There's, yes. There's, there's the goosebumps yes. again. You know what I mean? And you come home and you're singing that last song and that, oh. you know, you sent them home with a good feeling on a high. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just about every event, doesn't matter what we're doing, you know, on the ride home, you know, I'm pumped. Yes. And then I get back, I unload all the gear. Well, you see me, you know, we have the, the third bay there is basically my production studio. Correct. So I'll take the gear that night. I don't care if I'm getting home at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. I'm setting the gear back up. Yes. I'm clicking it on. I'm putting the headphones on. Dust it off, make sure it's working for the next one. Yeah. Or just, you know, cooling off, you know. Still going. Yeah, still going because you, you're kind of riding a... I, I guess you would call it kind of a high, you know, it's an emotional... Yes. Yeah, and that's why we do it. Totally worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. Every time, man. Jerry Jarvis, Alpha One. And so, uh, events, how far will you go? Uh, you're in Pottsville, Arkansas. Uh, how, how far will you go? Um, well, we serve, you know, of course, the River Valley. Um, I, we do anything from Little Rock all the way up to Fayetteville and down past um, Hot Springs. Oh, yeah. We don't really go too too much further outside that service area because then the logistics are a bit of a challenge for us. Oh yeah, and and we have the luxury to pick and choose because this really isn't you know the the bread and butter job. This is more of the passion. Right. So we like to keep it home base. We try to source as much as we can here locally, and um, I tell you what, we have some of the best clientele. Yes. From the time we sat down at that first consultation, like even today, you know. Uh, uh, the McElroys is their winter wedding anniversary, cool. and you know we keep in contact with those folks even even now, right. you know after the fact. Right. So it's more than just transaction, more than just a business deal. It's a an experience followed by you know a communication and friendship kind of thing. Yeah, I have it set on my calendar, and, and with Facebook, it makes it so much easier. Oh, totally. You post a picture, and two years later, hey, uh, these guys, remember that that wedding you did? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Then you repost it, happy anniversary. Word. You know, and then they go, oh man, you remembered? I go, yeah, Facebook remembered, and I remember too. That was pretty cool. You know, yeah. that was a good wedding, and yep. and you remember their day, and you remember what you did because every one of these these weddings and. And, okay, like the podcast. Uh, every I, I, I've done quite a few podcasts, and every one of them, it, it's so special. I learned something different. And every wedding, I learned something different. I saw something different. And you, you, you want the, those days to be perfect for them because, oh, man, it, it's perfect for you. It's a good feeling that you get from them. Right, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. That is so totally true. Matter of fact, every experience, good or bad, right. is an opportunity for learning. Right. Because, you know, you have a very negative experience. You know, you maybe you went under, you, uh, you know, you spent all your proceeds on new music or something like that. Right. But in, in that regard, you've, you've paid for that lesson. Yes. So going forward, you can take actions. So all those experiences are an opportunity for us to learn and go and and bring it all together. You know. Yeah. Now you say you just uh, that you um, went full force into this just uh, what six years ago? Seven, six and a half years six ago. Six and a half years ago. Yeah. And how so? And before that, you were doing a few parties here and there, and then now you pumped 
before you yeah we went legit um before you know it's kind of funny uh, i was in the techno scene and stuff my dj name was tsunami tsunami so yeah, my let's rec- go over the nicknames the dj my, nicknames after a bit yeah my label was bwp for big wave productions okay and at the time nobody knew what a tsunami was sure but after you know like you know all, all the deals you know i was like well you know probably just drop it back to just jerry jarvis but um one night crystal and i were uh, we're talking out here on the back porch we had the music going and i was like you know what i think I think we should really just do this. Yes. And that's when we decided to make Alpha One Entertainment. And it's kind of silly because, uh, you know, the phone book, it's, sure. you know, Alpha Numeric. Absolutely. So instead of being A1 DJ, right. the word Alpha, number one, you'd be topping the search. Sure. So that's where we came up with Alpha One. Smart. Good yeah. business sense, man. Yeah. And then Did you incorporate too, or yeah, incorporate. Got our uh, yes. you know licensed, insured. We Excellent. got our own tax ID. You know, straight up. Yep. Um, you know, American DJ Association. Yeah, I did that for a little while. Well, there wasn't much to it, but yeah, it, it seemed like it wasn't a good fit for me. But yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, and and the reason why we did that is um, you know it, it's kind of like paying it back in, and you know just really experiencing it, and. Sure. And, and going digital, so we uh, we picked up all the gear. I learned how to use it, and I'm learning how to use the gear before we even did our first gig. That's the way you should be doing it. Practice. Yeah, and yes. uh, what an eye opener because I was I was terrified. Sure. Because you lose that tangible, you know, feel. Right. Of whatever medium you have, you're looking at a little box, and it's like, is it going to be there when I need it? Correct. And now. I have a traveling archive of 190,000 songs yes. and then access to anything. 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 It's all out there. As long as you got Wi-Fi, you can buy it right there. Yeah, I which, which is, is so cool. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, if you didn't own it or have a friend that owned it and you had a you know, mixtape or whatever, right. you, didn't, you didn't hear it. Right. So, like, the DJ was the ambassador of cool, you right. know, because he had all the good stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. And um, well, one of the things when I was working at a radio station, a college radio station, they would bring me the newest records. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Here's the newest records. Yeah. I would take those records and play them at a club that night, and they would. What is that? And I would rip the labels off. There is no better feeling, man. Oh yeah, this is number B seven. What is that? Who is that? Sounds like LL Cool J. You know, it's something new. It's fresh. You know, I, you know. So yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Beats. Well, you look right in the center and say promo only or <laughs> DJ professional. Now you're DJs ripping the only. labels off, so people aren't aren't uh, getting your beats. Yeah, scribbling out with a sharpie. <laughs> yeah, that was those are the early days. You know, and, and then here we are. You know, here I, I could I could consider you competition, or I can consider you a colleague, and we're chit chatting together. Oh. Uh, you know, there's room for everyone, and I want to tell that to all the DJs out Absolutely. there listening: is don't step on each other, man. <laughs> you know, help each other out. Yeah, yeah. There's enough to go around. That's a that's a very good point, Dan. Um, I don't consider other DJs competition, right? And and honestly, what I envision for the future is for DJs like you and I, yes. and the other DJs, even the gonna be DJs, sure, to come together and network, talk shop. Because how often you get lost in the conversation with somebody that's not necessarily into it, 
and you're going to talk about gear or latest tracks or you know crowd reading techniques or whatever right. they just get that thousand yard stare <laughs> but you get talking to another dj you can go for days oh yeah and that's the, the you were talking about the american dj association and any other of those mobile beat uh, yep. type clubs where they have conventions and it's just a bunch of djs Tra- traveling together, chit-chatting, uh, exchanging ideas, yep. making the parties better. Yeah, how can I do? You know, how can I make this party better? And should I be carrying that gear, or is this one better for me? You know, is this piece of equipment uh, the right fit for me? Yeah, and, and then really equipment—that's an excellent segue. You know, with the modern technology, mm. you can keep it nice and simple and light. Sure. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, don't have any problem with blowing breakers as often. Yes, yes. I, I like my powered speakers. Uh, I'm using Mackies now, and I'm thinking about switching over to the QSCs, uh, the K12s, uh, or even the 15s. But no, to the 10s. I guess they're 10s and 12s. And those are supposed to be the best of the best of the best. They're a little pricey, but you get what you pay for. Yeah. And I noticed you had JBLs in there. Yeah, those, that's actually my old setup. Right. We run uh, entirely Bose now. Bose. Yeah, Bose L1 Model 2. It's portable line array system. Yes. Holy cow, dude. I, I remember in college, and this is back, this is 86, 87, and we had a, a guy from Bose in a lab coat. He came out, and, and we're all in the auditorium, and we're looking at this big speaker. It's probably six feet tall, and da 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 Wow! And this guy comes out in a lab coat, and he pulls the cabinet away. It's this little cube speaker, maybe six inches by six inches. Yeah. And they taught us how the air travels through those little Bose speakers and makes that giant sound. You still get the same amount of air push, and you get it out of that little speaker. Yeah. How? Yeah. yeah, well, they, they've just taken a lot of time and effort to engineer their stuff properly. Yes. So you get big sound out of a, a little uh, component, and it doesn't draw as much power. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, like, the sticks that we use, they draw 750 watts, mm. and that's with a 7-foot-tall line array that sends out a nearly 180-degree sound wave, and then that's two big. subs that that's you can big. feel. The, the crazy thing is, you and I can stand there right in front of the speaker sure. and have the same conversation, Yes, and, and everything's clear. Then you go all the way to the back of the house, yeah. same clarity. That's great. It, it's, a, it's a crowd cutter. You don't have that normal dispersion range of like 55 to 70 degrees like you would have... Uh, and a regular speaker, a right. Mackie V2 or V3. Yeah, know, JBL, PVs, serving... Yeah, serving... Yeah, yeah, sure. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. We've talked about a lot of things, yeah. and uh, where's the future of Alpha One? What do you got going on? And do you do any public events where people can come by, or is it mostly private events? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we protected, um, participated in a lot of uh, local events. We do hoops for hearts. We like the American Heart Association around here. Um, we'll do stuff over for the Pottsville School District, and we've even done stuff for Food for Kids downtown. Yeah. Um, Downtown area, Russellville is really coming up. Yes. They're doing a lot of stuff around the depot. You know, they have the art walk and things. Um, so you'll you'll see us around. 
Um, we love working with the local charities, you know, good people, good times for good causes. Absolutely, man. You got to give back. Yep. I got a coho event coming up on Saturday right on. for the uh, was it City of Hope Outreach. It helps the homeless. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And Saturday. Yeah. Do one, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling and and it's really cool, you know, just to get out and mix it up with people that may not necessarily run into you otherwise. Excellent, man. How but, do they find out about you online? Um, we have a website. We have, of course, the social media. Social media is actually more updated. Of course, it's real time. Yes. Um, I have uh, SoundCloud as well, Alpha One Entertainment on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. Some of it is... Um, <clears throat> okay. Because uh, I have a habit, uh, Monday through Thursday when I'm getting ready for work, I'll wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Sure. I'll grab a cup of coffee, walk out of the third bay or shuffle out, flick on the system, and start spinning. Okay. So, so on SoundCloud, are you making your own beats, or these are mix tapes? I guess mix tapes. I'm really not, you know, into you know making beats or production. Okay. I'm, but um, what I'll do is make different mixes, and it just depends on where the mood takes me. Yeah. Left to my own devices, I always kick it back old school. Yes. But um, you know, practically, you know, if if it sounds good, I'll go ahead and hit record on the software. Dig it. And all the stuff that's on SoundCloud, it's live off the decks. There's no uh, post-production or any kind of um, sync or anything like that. It's all raw right off the decks. Yeah, I did that for the Monday, or the, the midday mix I, I, on the radio station. We would have, we would feature different DJs in Miami on the radio. And uh, I got to do that from time to time. Most of the time I was the morning show DJ, but if there wasn't anybody available for the midday mix... There I was on my on my turntables or or what, whatever was available at the time. That's totally cool, man. <clears throat> it is totally cool, man. And sometimes I miss the warmth of the te Technique twelve hundreds, but mm. uh, the speed and the and the accuracy and the the ability to get any song anytime on the spur of the moment before they even sit down. Either, hey, can you play uh, that Madonna song? Sure. Bam! Before they even got back to their table, yeah. borderline. There you go. Nova is shuffling through crates. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah. And you've mixed it in. Perfect beat matching. You can do it by ear. You can do it by sync if you if you have to. But do it by <laughs> ear. You know, old school DJs got to yeah. do it by ear. And, and I would recommend that to any um, any DJ. Learn how to beat match by ear. Sure. I mean, that's just a fundamental. Oh, man. You know, it, when I went to a, a broadcast school, they taught us how to splice tape. Uh, cut tape and splice it together to edit. You never have to do that ever again. It True. Was, but learn the fundamentals. Yep. And, and do you still play any instruments at all? Um, no, not really. Okay. Uh, but uh, with the trumpet, you learn how to read music. Yep. Learn the fundamentals. Yep. I, I've talked to a lot of musicians, a lot of guitarists that... They don't read music, and I, I, I think it would be behoove them to, to learn, but they learn by tabs, and, and there's other ways to, to learn and get out on the road and get to work. But, Certainly. Uh, it seems like you're squirming in your chair. You got some stuff to do? Uh, well, the kids have their MMA practice here in a little bit. Oh, are you going to get beat up? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Well, it seems like you're well-rounding the kids. They got some extracurricular activities to do. Yeah. Uh, go get your MMA on Mr. Jerry Jarvis, Alpha One Entertainment. Represent. I'll definitely uh, put the the show the links to your various things in the show notes. Um, let's see. I'll probably be able to put this up probably Saturday evening. 
because I have that event during the day with the coho. And I'll put it up Saturday evening, man. I'll send you all the links. Cool. All right. Well, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. All right. We can. Jerry Jarvis. Dan the man. (laughs) We can, you know, we could go on forever, couldn't we? Oh, man. We can go forever and ever and ever. We did about an hour 20. That's a pretty good podcast, I think. Your voice was in there, Mr. Jack. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go go do some MMA MMA training. Don't hurt yourself. Any last words for the people, Jerry Jarvis? Um, just thanks for the opportunity and look for the uh, look for the commonalities you know look for what we have in common you know don't sweat the small stuff don't let things tear us apart because after all we're all human beings and we're here and you know let's we're here to have a good time let's live it up thank you very much Jerry Jarvis represent Well, there you have it, party people. Jerry Jarvis, Alpha One Entertainment. Represent. That's the way he said it. Every time I said Alpha One Entertainment, you'll hear a little represent in the background. It's automatic. I love it. I love it. Promote. He's a brand. He's got uh, some good equipment, you know, and and he showed me just the, the, the backup equipment. And that was fly as can be. So it's nice to meet uh, another DJ that uh, that cares about how his equipment looks and how it sounds, how he presents himself. He's a, a, star, a showman. He say, he does some events that take two days to set up. And whew, I don't know if I want to get back into those events where it takes a couple days. I mean, if it takes a few hours to set up, I'm okay with that. I'll come, I'll come in early and set up the uh, the truss system and all the lights up on it and make sure that that everything looks right i have all the scrims covering up all the stands and make sure the dj equipment has a nice booth on the front uh, you know but uh oh two days to set up something yeah i'd do it i'd do it just because i like doing different types of events and i see the jerry jarvis of alpha one entertainment represent <laughs> he likes to do different events as well and crystal was hanging out there crystal jarvis and uh he has two ninjas (laughs) he had a couple ninjas uh, that showed up towards the end of the podcast and i was uh thrown back a little bit they have mma training so good on you the future of fighting well the reason i guess you you take martial arts is you don't have to fight people think uh yeah you can kick some butt so nope don't have to fight Jerry Jarvis raising those kids right, and the house looks great. He said it was built in 1930. It looks great. It's it's all refinished on the inside for the most part. Uh, there's music everywhere, every corner of the house. You can hear some music playing. I was even in the restroom, and there was a, a little. Oh my goodness, I can't remember. Oh, Altec Lansing. Uh, uh, speaker sitting on top over the over the facilities in the restroom. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Jerry Jarvis, it was nice to have a little chit-chat with you, and I look forward to talking to you again. So, uh, yeah, if you need some DJ services uh, in the River Valley uh, area, uh, Russellville and the like in Pottsville, you call Jerry Jarvis. And if you can't get a hold of him, give me a call as well. <laughs> That's it for this episode of What Makes You Famous. If you want to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. 
I'm out of here. Ready or what? The music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Japanese company JVC introduced the VHS system in 1976. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Hey, Keys Dan, what you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request 24 hours a day. Click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com. Radio